Let's pray uh, the prayer of St. Francis together. Let's do it. That feels like a good thing for doing this. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood understood as as to understand, and to be loved loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Hey there. Welcome to the Good Company Podcast. I'm Cole. And I'm Lindsay. And together we make music under the artist Good Company. This podcast is the place where we explore the intersection of art, faith, and everyday life. We hope that these conversations give you some language for your own experience and encourage you to go out and do the things that God has created you to do. And when the wrestle of truth and reality leaves you feeling weary and discouraged, you can take heart knowing that you're not alone. All right, here we are, episode two. We're actually doing it. We're actually doing it. We said in the last one, who knows, and <laughs> we, we got here. <laughs> it took us a little bit longer than we hoped, but... Which is, I feel like, very consistent for just life in general. Yeah. Most things are taking us longer than we would like, and we trust the Lord in that. Yeah, one day at a time. But we're excited to talk about what we're talking about today. Yes, today we wanted to talk about asking good questions. Oh yeah, what would be what? What are good questions? <laughs> what does that mean? What is a good question? Well, I would say every question is a good question. Oh well, okay. As long as I would say every question is a good question that is asked with the intention of truly understanding wanting to understand wanting to understand to understand not just to um maybe be understood not a question that's trying to uh help them prove their point but to really understand the perspective of the other person or to find truth to really earnestly find truth yeah the earnest pursuit of truth. I think that's so good. And I should just say, raising five boys who have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions. Uh, and I'm not I'm I'm in the place of giving lots of answers. And honestly, giving answers are not it's not as fun as asking a question. <laughs> not I'd much, nearly. I'd much rather be asking questions. But um something that I feel like we've had to kind of work on in our home is giving our boys the space to ask questions. Um, especially our oldest, Nolan, who's eight. I find myself saying to him quite often, you can ask whatever you want to ask. I mean, you can say whatever you want to say, as long as your language remains honoring and kind, um, 
and you're not <laughs> you're not trying to be snarky with me or just to prove somebody just, else wrong. Yeah, like I I want to hear what you have to say or what you're wanting to understand. Will you just ask it again in a nicer tone? So, well, even with Amos, the the second who just second turned oldest, seven, yeah. oftentimes he will just say. I'm hungry, or my water's not filled up. We're like, oh, that's that's great. That's a great that's statement. A, I do, a, I'm glad I understand that. Thanks for letting us know. Do you, do you need <laughs> something, or do you? Would you like to ask a question? Like, mom, dad, could you fill up my water for me? Like, yeah, dude, all day, every day. Yeah, we get a lot of that. We're but, working on it. <laughs> working on it, but also with asking good questions, a lot of that for us, like with faith, comes down to the idea of deconstruction and doubt and oh <laughs> i quiver with fear shame on you for bringing up that word well and you know we wanted to to kind of frame this around the idea of asking good questions and not just to like say we're doing a deconstruction episode because that just feels like such a like cultural boogeyman well, for a lot of deconstruction Christianity itself and, is not a bad thing it's just it's the word has been tainted it's such a buzzword <laughs> it's so clickbaity so we're just we're we're wanting to expound on what it is to ask good questions when you're truly seeking the truth and um giving people the freedom and the the permission to ask those questions especially when it comes to faith. Um I remember growing up it, I mean I feel like I can say this pretty confidently for everyone in our generation if you're in your your 30s 20s millennials uh, <laughs> um i i grew up and this is this is not me hating on my parents at all i think we, we love your parents my parents are amazing but um i think that that generation their parents i think did very similar things where the response to a question was because i said so <laughs> classic because i said so it and, works in any situation. You know, as a mom of five, I can understand using that response because I get tired of the questions. Um, but we are really working diligently to raise children that want to understand. They want to learn. And curiosity is such a beautiful thing. And when we stop being curious and we stop asking questions, I think that is way more dangerous yeah. than any uh, potential deconstruction could ever be. When you and think so, that you've learned everything, when yeah. you know everything, oh, like, yeah. the arrogance of that, like a lot of dangerous things happen from that versus the like, well, you're going to, it's a slippery slope when you start yeah. asking questions. Yeah. So, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but just growing up, it 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 kind of felt like maybe it's a dumb question or that asking a question means that you are being disrespectful of your authority. Um, and yes, I think there are people that ask questions out of just um, arrogance or being disrespectful or wanting to like poke at you know authority figures but um and i think we all do that from time to time i mean for sure i i i think raising humans and and learning to be a human that is okay with asking questions yeah and uh in a way that is um out of humility and 
truly wanting to understand is important. And that's what we're, that's what we're after right now. Like that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, but do you want to talk about kind of your journey and <laughs> let's go, let's dive in. This is uh let's, let's jump back about four years, five years. It was probably five years, right? Yeah. Almost. Almost. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So in the previous episode, we talked about our experience with the church plant and that was just such a, man, just a very formative time of experiencing new things, um, feeling like we were getting maybe a, a healthy dose of reality and kind of stepping out of the bubble of where we had come from. And with that being exposed to new ideas with theology and faith and um, anytime you go through a very revelatory kind of shaking experience like that, I think is it has the potential to kind of bring you into that space of asking these big questions. And especially, here's the deal too, uh, I think in like evangelical Christianity, there has been such this fear of questions when really, when you look at the scriptures, asking questions is part of our story. Like wrestling with God, like if you go to the story of Jacob when he wrestles with the angel and he renames him Israel, which is the name of God's people, his family. Israel means those who wrestle with God. Like that is who his people are. That's their name. That's what he wants. What he wants is... And you don't wrestle with someone that you're in agreement with all the time or that you fully understand, right? Like you're wrestling with someone because there is a... There's a a deficit in the understanding. You're you're trying to figure something out. There's not just complete understanding, Yes, totally. that is a wrestle. Totally. But God wants a, a sparring partner. He wants somebody that's willing to go there with him. And Jacob in that moment wasn't willing to tap out. He was like, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stick this thing out. And God seems to credit it to him as righteousness and and names him those who wrestle with God. And so I believe there's a, a really holy invitation to wrestle well with God and with the story and with the things that are handed down to us. And I mean, even Jesus himself, he, he is and was the person of Jesus, the fullness of the God of the Hebrew scriptures. Like that's who he is. And you see how the way that he chose to live rubbed up against the religious establishment of his day. And he had some really strong things to say to them. And he even said, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, don't return evil for evil. So he was taking a well-known uh, construct of faith and saying, hey, just so you know, like let's let's back this up a little bit and let's really dig deep and let's be willing to question and say, hey, maybe we've understood this in the wrong way. And so all of that to say, uh, coming into a space where it felt like there was freedom to ask questions, but also it just felt like it felt like we kind of stepped into a pressure cooker in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it was we were being called into doing something new, but also very much like struggling to get our bearings of where it was that 
we were kind of stepping into. Well, and we were surrounding ourselves with other believers who had built their faith on something outside of like the church context that we grew up in or that we like, there was kind of a, our eyes were open to church big C, like as a whole, not just like our congregation that we grew up in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Not even, it wasn't like we were necessarily doing a whole different denomination either. There was like a difference and there was way more liturgy in what we were doing, but, um, we just realized, oh, there's more There's more to this story than just, like, our church that we've grown up in for yeah. the last 10, 20 years. Yeah. But to be able to get to that place, you have to be willing to first recognize, like, oh, maybe I don't know everything. Yeah. And if we've built our, our faith structures on certainty of, like, we've figured this out, that's that's where you put yourself in a really kind of dangerous position. And it's scary. It's scary to realize, oh, I don't know everything. But also the way that the Lord shows up when we start asking questions can be really beautiful. Yeah. So let's it can get be. In, let's get into that. <laughs> yeah. So when I started asking some legitimate questions, like at, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh this podcast, we're not here to tell you what to believe. And I think I'm willing to share what it is that I believe, but it's not prescriptive and there's zero judgment. And I think what we want to create in this is space for people to be seen and where they're at and to to have safety to ask questions. So when I started asking for real questions, one of the first conversations Lindsay and I had was, you know, I was reading something or had a conversation with someone or was listening to a podcast where they were talking about Adam and Eve being like literal two humans that were created through whom all of humanity was created. And they were at least saying, it's possible that that's more allegorical. And, you know, there's a lot of belief that maybe there were like human animals that God made, but then he selected two of them and breathed the breath of God into them. And that's when they kind of became like fully sentient, conscious human beings. And <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> it got, Wrong. It, it got tense really quick. And when you're when you're having these conversations as a married couple and really just in any kind of relationship, it it can man, like if you're talking to your parents about this stuff, if you're talking to a friend, if you're talking to a pastor, you can feel the air get sucked out of the room really quickly. And I I think that's Part of why it's so hard for people to talk about it because... Well, because people don't actually have the answers to it. No. No. So, no none so, of us know for sure. No. So it, it someone that's supposed to be like a pastoral, like a figure being asked those questions or someone coming with those, you know, questions, it's like, I'm supposed to know the answer to this and I don't know and I'm freaking out and... The only thing I can think of doing is shutting you down so you stop asking me these questions. I don't know. Like, Goodness. you think about, like, how do you how do you respond? 
Because really what's happening is it's making the other person uncomfortable. Well, and it's threatening their like their spiritual authority in a way. Because if they're not ready to go there, they don't want to go there no. with you. And, and, and with all of this, everything that we're even like touching on, you don't have to go there either. Like That thing of like me having that conversation with you, you were not ready to go there. I wasn't there. ready to go there. It was like opening a can of worms where I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it was like Noah's Ark too. Do you remember? And I was like. Yeah. Like the flood. Oh, maybe the flood maybe wasn't the flood literal. Was, and and like, there like there are all these other. How yeah. in the world? <laughs> I like all of my childhood like dreams. To me, that was like the you ate my cookies yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> like how dare you say that all of these things that I grew up believing are just. A, it's just a story. You're telling me that those cookies that I <laughs> ate were celery all along. Um, but that's part of the deal is like when you're having a conversation with some someone about this, and I think this is just maybe good information. If you're someone who is dealing with doubt or if you are on the, on the other receiving end and you're having somebody come to you and communicate that like they're dealing with doubt or questions or whatever is it's it's very sensitive and you as the person bringing the question or bringing the the doubt might feel like that person's not ready to go there yet and i think it's important to be aware of that yeah and if they're not ready to go there then it's really just not going to be beneficial for you to try and bring them along with you and as the person who's receiving it. Yeah, I was going to say, as the person receiving it, I think the best posture we could have, I mean, we say this all the time with, you know, if you're in some sort of leadership role or whatever, and someone comes to you with a question that you don't know the answer to, your response should be, you know, I I don't have the answer to that. Like, let me see if I can figure it out and I'll let you know. Or, you know, we know someone that does have all the answers and if you keep pressing in, like he might reveal it to you and like, keep, keep going there. Keep asking, keep asking, like, don't, don't just sit in the unknown, allow yourself to kind of wrestle with those questions and ask, continue to ask. Um, I think my initial re re reaction was a little bit of fear, maybe a lot of bit of fear of like, where are you going with this? Like, yeah. no. And I, I, I was saying earlier, like when we were kind of talking about what we were going to say, I'm like, I, I don't know that everybody has to go through a, a season of deconstruction or dark night of the soul, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think sometimes it has to do with you know, maybe you, you went through a loss or a death or you're grieving something, or maybe you are just really deep and, uh, smart and analytical and you love to read and ask those hard questions and think for me, that's like a brain exercise that I don't necessarily want to do. <laughs> not I'm like, interested. I'm not interested in that. I would much rather think of happy thoughts <laughs> uh, but I have learned to appreciate like after your, your stint of, I mean, and we are still asking questions, but always it is, it has warmed me up to, uh, to appreciate, or it has, it has taught me to appreciate asking questions. Um, 
and I'm I'm not scared of it anymore. I'm yeah, not, I'm not. So and even then, like when we would talk about it, you 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 might not have understood and might have like even felt like a little bit of fear around it, but I always felt safe with you talking about it. Yeah, I think that was the most I never important made thing you for feel me. Stupid. Or no, like, or that like you were questioning my salvation no. or my faith in Jesus. No, you because you knew. never stopped. You never stopped actually being in the Word, and I think yeah. In that's fact, the, I, I think I was going to it a lot more. I think that's that's a lot of what happens when people start asking questions is they stop going to the source of truth to find out what truth is. They start asking everybody else for their version of the truth. And I think that is the slippery slope that we're all afraid of. And um, yeah, I mean, it's like, just open your Bible. <laughs> you, you might not get the answer, but like you will find some sort of like confidence in the Lord. And I mean, I think that's the answer right there. Well, and, and I would say like, yes, go to the word, but I, I've found that when you reach a point, because a lot of what happens with de deconstruction is people don't just like, I'm going to deconstruct my faith today. Like like you were totally. saying, it usually is spurred on by like a death or a tragedy or some kind of trauma where expectation, like what you've been handed down culturally of faith meets reality. Yeah. And it's like, these things are not congruent. And so, like, what do I do with this? Like, I can't change the reality, so something has to happen here in order for me to make sense of, of what's going on. And so, in, in my experience, yes, like, ask good questions in that you are truly seeking to understand. And to truly ask a question is inherently a very humble posture because you're saying, there is stuff that I don't know. There's yeah. stuff that I don't know. And yes, go to scripture. But also, if you have been um, raised in a, a faith, tradition, culture, where it feels like you're just getting beat over the head with it all day, mm -hmm. every day, totally. there are seasons where you recognize, you know what, the ways that I've gone about practicing my faith, those those tools aren't working right now. And so picking up other tools I think what is very important is staying, staying in, just like stay in the wrestle, mm -hmm. don't bail, uh, but take a breather if you need to, and maybe practice some different kind of faith practices, like prayer, like go, go to some different practices of prayer, like even breathing prayer, um, praying the Jesus prayer. Uh, one of our absolute favorites. Um, that one is very, very helpful in moments where it just feels like, I don't know what else to do. I don't feel like I have a, a handle on anything, but just to trust in the goodness of God. Um, and again, for, for a lot of people, that's, that's that even that's too much. Like I, I, I know yeah. that there are situations where people have something so traumatic happen where it feels like, all of it is dead. And I I will be, uh, all of this was happening, by the way, while I'm the worship pastor of a church plant. It's so, like, yeah. I'm doing the work of like leading people in worship to God every week. And I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff. 
And so a lot of that can feel really lonely and really scary, even as the one that's going through it. And I remember, man, I remember having a moment where I was just like so deep in my head and I was talking to Lindsay and I was saying, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people in the world asking very similar questions to the ones that I'm asking. And there are many of them that don't seem to be landing with faith in Jesus at the end of those questions. And honestly, I'm pretty uninterested in a life like that, like life without life Jesus. Without Jesus. Yeah. Like I, I, it doesn't it wasn't sound, what you were after. It's after not what I'm after. Means. Like I want that, but like I'm, I'm really just feeling scared that by the end of this, like I'm just gonna end up with nothing. And on that, I want to quickly say too, I also think that when you're in that space, and I, I have a, a a buddy that. I talked to about his kind of deconstruction experience as well. And he was saying, you know, at one, at several points, it felt like I could walk away. And it, I think it's important that that's a legitimate option. Yeah. Like Jesus says, uh, when he says, if any of you wants to be my disciple, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And so many people bail. And his response is to turn to his closest homies and say, are y'all going to leave too? Like yeah. that's a legitimate option from the mouth of Christ himself. He's not, he's not really worried. And so I think it's important to yeah, have the legitimate not, option. He's not there trying to persuade them either. He's not. And I think that's a lot of what we see happen is, you know, believers, when they see someone struggling, it's like, no, 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 no. Like you can't, you, you, you got to understand like, and, and the, and the truth is like, if, if we believe that a life with Jesus is better than any other life and that his word is infallible or that like that he is the way, the truth and the life. Yeah. Why are we so, so scared that people are going to fall away when they start earnestly seeking Jesus and asking questions that they, that they might even need to know the answer to, you know, it's um, often our responses to them that actually push them away. Yeah. And so I think I think we have to lighten up a little bit and and trust trust the Holy that, Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives. And I think a lot of the falling away happens because of our response to people's questions, not because of the questioning. And I think that's that's a lot of what needs to be, you know, evaluated. Yeah. And so in that time as I'm having this thing of like I I'm just so afraid that I'm not going to end up with faith in Jesus. I'm I'm sharing that with a couple of friends that I'm working with at the time, like in ministry. One of them gets up to go to the bathroom. I'm sharing with the other, like, yeah, you know, I had this conversation with Lindsay. I'm just like, I'm doing all this stuff. And it just feels like I'm, I really need to know that Jesus is at the end of it. And the other guy comes and sits back down. He's like, what are you guys talking about? And so I said it briefly And his response was, yeah, I mean, for me personally, like, you know, if, if like somebody asked me like, oh, are you a Christian? Like I would probably say yes. But for me personally, like, I don't even know like if I really identify with that anymore. And I was just like, you know what? That's not very helpful for me right now. Oh no! <laughs> and I think that's part of the thing is like, if, if you're asking questions, if you're struggling, like, Finding people that you can have these conversations with, but also like being 
very aware up front that there are going to be people on either side of the spectrum that have very strong responses, um, either those that cannot deal with it and that are going to maybe shame you or make like be afraid and that's not going to feel good. But there also, there, there is a whole group of people that I feel maybe they're not asking good questions anymore. They're just asking questions to justify themselves or yeah. their own assumptions. Yeah. Um, and they will very quickly want to be like, oh yeah, dude. Yeah. And like kind of pull you into that. And so to be aware and, but also to, to be encouraged that it's, it's okay. As I was in that space, I just kept feeling like I, I, I could hear Jesus calling out, keep coming, keep coming. And like the, the phrase, the only way out is through, uh, just to keep going, to keep going. It felt like I was traveling through like a dark tunnel. And I don't know that I could necessarily see the light up ahead, but I felt like, okay, we just keep going. We just keep going. We keep asking. And again, if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then by truly asking questions, I believe that he's fully capable of leading us to himself. Yeah. Like that's what the Holy Spirit does. He will lead us into all truth. And if we sincerely, earnestly, humbly ask questions, I believe that he's more than capable of leading yeah. us to himself. Yeah. Um, I was thinking too, with all of the you know, leadership, moral, pastoral failures going on. I feel like our generation is kind of having this uh, jolting, like, wake-up moment of, I don't know, like we're realizing, oh, all these people that we kind of looked up to or idolized are failing us. Oof. And I think that's probably uh, spurring on a lot of questioning. Yeah. Um, and, and the truth is, I feel like maybe this is just speaking to me and my like framework of a life, um, rooted in Christ growing up, like, like truly wanting to be a Christian, but also having this idealistic idea of this perfected relationship where it's like, because I'm reading my Bible, because I'm going to church, because I have Christian friends, I am going to do and say and act and, you know, handle everything perfectly. And um, I think as we grow up, like in our 20s and 30s, it's that realization of like, oh, all these people that we looked up to are adults, just like we are They're now human becoming. beings. And it, it's it's the kind of like stepping over that threshold of becoming an adult. Yeah. So you see things that you did not see before when you were a kid and you're starting to realize and it's kind of that weird like limbo of like, was it all were they always like that? Or am I just aware of things now that I wasn't before? You know, and I, I think that that kind of can can freak us out a little bit of like oh was was this like christianity thing not what i thought it was or was i missing something was i being lied to is it there are so many questions that can kind of come from that um but i think realizing and truly understanding that we're all 
just humans and and we're we're doing the best we can. Doing the absolute best gonna, we can. People are gonna mess up. They're gonna make some bad decisions. But if our um, hope is in our leaders or our institutions, like we will be, be disappointed. One hundred percent. And I think that's I think that's the thing with like deconstruction is you're not deconstructing Jesus Christ. Yeah. You're not you're not trying to tear that thing down. It's, it's what we've everything built else. it on. Yeah. One what we've put on him. Yeah. Like for it's sure. it's I mean, so like as we're recording this, we're coming up on Palm Sunday and like the expectations of the people when Jesus comes into the city, they're shouting Hosanna, they're expecting him to come as the conquering king. And then when he doesn't do what they expect him to do. A week later, they're shouting, crucify him. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of the deal is, is we come with these assumptions of of who God is or, or how this world that he created works. And then when we f- have an experience yeah, or see something. Yeah, we're quick to turn on the thing that, that we thought would maybe save us. <laughs> totally. In a way. But yeah. I think Jesus is perfectly secure in those things being questioned. Because like the wheat mm. in the chaff, like purifying yeah. silver, like the true stuff remains. And I, and I think that's the, that's the invitation. And um, talking about like leaders and things like that, in that same time, uh, a guy named Marty Sampson, who was a well-known worship leader from Hillsong, written a ton of incredible worship songs that we've sang and that we love. Uh, he was going through a pretty public deconstruction thing, like on his Instagram, posting all the time about how he had left and why and things that he was asking. And at the time, I don't know that I recognized it, but I, I see now I was very much living vicariously through this dude, having been mm-hmm. at a big church and having like, you know, had a connection to to his music and these songs uh, and then seeing him having a very public um, deconstruction experience, I saw a lot of myself in that and I, a lot of the questions he was asking. And I think it was helpful in some ways because it yeah. did kind of, it gave it that gave permission. to, yeah, some yeah. things you were feeling. But I also, he was one of those people that I felt like, Oh, oh no! Oh no! Is that is where he, this leads? Yeah. It, it, is he ending up with faith in Jesus? And I haven't followed up. Like this is not in any way to slam him. I think he's a wonderful human being. And and at the time, I was encouraging him, like, dude, ask ask the good questions. And, and our I, prayer is that he does find Jesus. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think Jesus is the real, fully capable. True Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in that, I, I think um. That was one of those situations where it was somebody that I had had a certain perspective of. Mm-hmm. And then seeing that flip, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, if that's happening for him. How many people? How many people? <laughs> and it it definitely seemed like he wasn't given space in his faith community to work that stuff out. Yeah. And for me, that was the blessing of that season was... At our church plant, at at that church, um, our pastor there wasn't freaked out by questions. Welcomed them. We we would have theology nights like uh, like once a month or maybe more often than that. 
and we would talk about a, a topic and talk about all the different views around it. And everybody would say like, yeah, I think I kind of had this perspective growing up, but then I had this thing and it was beautiful. Yeah. It, 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 and one of like the main points that he was trying to make was for, for our church community, the thing that holds us together is not that we believe the same things. Yeah. And like having differences. There are certain things that we do believe that unite us as believers. Yes. Like the Apostles' Creed. Yes. But, yes. but all of the other like colorings. Extracurriculars. Like, all of the other, like or, or even theological debates. Like those don't, those aren't deciding factors as to whether or not Jesus died on the cross was or buried that, and resurrected and died for, you know. Or like, that we can belong to Christian community. Totally. Because I think for, for that guy, like it, it looked to me like, oh, he didn't have the space to hash you're now that disqualified out. You're to disqualified be, yeah. because you're asking hard or, questions. Or like you can't be in any sort of place of leadership or, you know. And so the gift of that season and that time with those people. Yeah, it was a safe safe space. So safe. And one of the things that we did as a community at the time that I think was really helpful, it also like actively unearthed more questions, but we went through this thing called Alpha. Um, Alpha was started out of Holy Trinity Brompton in London. Good old HTV. Oh, it's so good. So good. Nikki Gumbel. Um, and it's this course, it's several weeks of yeah. classes where the whole thing is asking questions. It's for those who um, maybe don't have faith or are just curious or even those that are believers, but they, they want safe space to ask questions. And it's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I want to do it again. <laughs> I want to do it again. Let's sign up. Uh, we'll put, we'll put a link in the show notes to find an alpha group near you. Near you. Um, but as a community, we did that at our church for several weeks and every it, week. It bonded us like, as a as a church, I feel like I kind of call back to that season as like our our golden season. Uh, like core those, memories those, for me. Those weeks that we did Alpha were so sweet. Um, because you get to really know the people that you're doing life with. You you ask those hard questions. You see kind of like their struggles and their. I don't know. Well, it, you, it was you, beautiful. You see that you're not alone. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm not the only one that's been feeling this, or yeah. I'm not the only one who's had this question. Well, because at church, you can typically you see people put on their best for church. You know, I see right now, like this pastor's talking about giving God your best. And for me, I think God just wants us, like all of us, yeah. not just our polished, perfected. Uh, person and so yeah he doesn't just want your best he wants your worst he wants all of it he wants all of it um and so for for me it it was so beautiful seeing these people kind of shed their like outer coat <laughs> and like really reveal the inner deep deepest things that like they were too afraid to probably ever share and it was so healing and transforming. It was so amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Highly recommend Alpha, obviously. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> also, Five stars. deconstruction, the jury's still out on whether I'd recommend it or... <laughs> <laughs> I think if you can avoid it. 
I think I think if you yeah, if you can avoid deconstruction, maybe praise not, be to God. Maybe not even avoid, but if you're able to go to deep places with the Lord without asking questions, uh, here here's the thing. I don't think that you ever sought out like those hard questions. They came into your mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one's like they don't decide one day, oh, I I I want to ask some hard questions. Yeah. Let me look on, let me Google some hard theological questions and then like really just stick them in deep in my soul <laughs> yeah. and like wrestle with God about, like, I, I think that there are things that, that come up over time and unearth over time. And I think some people just are okay with where they're at, but I would say I really admire the depth in your relationship with God that you have gotten to out of that season. You would not know the Lord like you do now had you not walked through that. Yeah. And I feel like I have a deep appreciation for it, um, having not necessarily gone through it myself. Um, I have a deep respect for it and appreciation for it. And I would welcome it. I would. Yeah. Like knowing that you have gone through those hard questions and come out stronger in your faith with with Jesus and all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I pray I never go through something earth shattering that would cause me to that would kind of uh, put me in a pressure cooker. But Jesus is with us. Yeah. Uh, something that you say often that I have just adopted as my own is, uh, and maybe you got it from someone. So. You know, I'll be put honest. them in there, put them in there if you did. But like, you know, our worst fears, the things that we kind of dwell on are like the future things. Like God isn't, God isn't in that yeah. um, ethereal idea or like hypothetical future. Yeah. He's here now and whatever the future holds, he will be there also. Yeah. But like. The idea, whenever it comes into our head, it is an unsaved version of that situation in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah. Our hypothetical like fears of the future, we cannot import the Holy Spirit into those like imaginings. Like you, you, you have no idea what God would do. But if you were to walk out anything really um, hard, like he would be there, you know? So. Yeah. I don't well, know. And, and all, all of that, all that really to say, when you're in that space, if, if you're listening right now and this is like speaking to you and you've had tons of questions, it's really important that you do have safe places where you can ask these questions with a pastor, with a friend. Um, if you don't have either of those then like, please go find an alpha group, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Send one of us a DM even, yeah. and we'll try and connect <laughs> you with somebody. Um, when we went back to like our sending church, the big church we were part of for a long time, um, being a pastor on staff, there are like two weeks out of the year you kind of like sign up for on a calendar where you are like the pastor that receives. It's called pastor on call. Pastor on call. And it's basically pa pastor uncle, pastor uncle, <laughs> pastor <laughs> on call. <laughs> uh. And so for those like two weeks out of the year is actually where you 
do the work of a pastor and kind of earn that title. You're, you know, responding to calls or making hospital visits or doing funerals or kind of whatever. Um, And during one of those weeks, I uh, was on my computer. Um, One of the pastors had just shared a sermon about Jonah. It was actually our our pastor that was at the church plant when uh, he was speaking at this church and talked about Jonah and talking about doubt and how it's okay to ask questions. And I'm sitting on my computer answering things. And some, there's a thing that pops up like this person would like to talk to a pastor. And I go and look at it and it's this whole text thread with like the automated, like text this number for prayer. And also uh, we should probably talk. We probably do a whole podcast on like autumn <laughs> automating, uh, pastoral responses. Oh goodness. Christ have mercy. <sighs> and so I'm looking at this text thread with this guy and I'm noticing like every response getting more and more frustrated. Like, can I just talk to a person about this, please? And he was asking specifically about that sermon. And so I jumped on it. I, I called him. I was like, Hey, and we talked and he communicated to me that that was the, that sermon was the first time he had ever heard a pastor say from a stage into a microphone, it's okay to have doubts and it's okay to ask questions. And that brought so much peace to his soul because he had had so many instances where he had communicated doubts or brought up questions to pastors and they had been so shaming and condemning And it just, it allowed him to feel seen. And so he and I continued to talk. We met several times and uh, he and I, uh, we we talked through this book that I had read called Faith After Doubt by Brian McLaren. Uh, Highly recommend that book. If you are in a space or if you've gone through it, or if you know someone who is like dealing with some doubts and maybe you need some language to try and help meet them where they're at, I highly recommend this book. Um, it's so incredibly helpful, gives so much language for experience and, um, it's just beautiful. And so he and I went through that together. Um, but just having that moment where you can, you can know, oh, I'm not crazy and I'm not alone mm-hmm. and maybe I'm going to be okay. Yeah. That was so helpful for me seeing a few people that had gone through a lot of the same questions and getting to the other side and having a deeper faith in Jesus. And that's what this book is mostly about is kind of the stages of faith where you start with simplicity and then you reach uh, complexity and then you reach a place of perplexity where it's like, how do I make sense of my experience with what I feel like I know to be true? And then reaching a place of harmony where you can hold the tension of the contradictions uh, and see the beauty in all of it. And and yeah, maybe you still have questions, but maybe they're different kinds of questions now or, or seeking different kinds of answers. And um, I just think it's so beautiful when someone can feel safe in a faith community to ask questions. Yeah, I think when you're in a season of asking hard questions, surrounding yourself with people that are safe, Um, that aren't freaked out by your questions, that are gracious and patient with you, or that have been there before, 
um, getting some good books to read, like Faith After Doubt. I'm sure there's more. Um, yeah, I know I think- Bridgetown has like all of these uh, whole sermon series on um, Dark Night of the Soul. Yeah. That was really amazing. Um, but surrounding yourself with people, like staying engaged, you talking about Jacob leaning in. And I think there's like a, an opposing response of like leaning in is not the same as digging your heels in. Mm, yeah. And uh, staying in the fight, there's there's a, a perseverance, but there's a posture of humility, whereas um, it is not the same as digging your heels in and walking in a spirit of, of arrogance or pride um, and not truly wanting to, to come to a place of, of knowing the truth at the end. Um, even if it means you are wrong. Yeah. Um, and I, I think staying in community in the church, although it might be really hard, um, being around believers who are um, going to pray for you, I, I don't know, you might have to be selective. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Um, may it, like Cole had mentioned earlier, finding different practices that um, maybe ignite your your love for the Lord in a different way. I know for me, like, and I think for most humans, <laughs> getting out in nature does something. Yeah. Like being in nature and um, seeing God's creation uh, a void of technology and void of all of our constructs that we have created, but really being in nature can awaken some, some beautiful moments of healing or, um, the Lord speaking to you when you're needing him to speak. Um, yeah. Would you say anything else? Yeah. When you were talking about like the difference between digging your heels in and leaning in to me is the difference between I refuse to be moved and I refuse to let go. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's like, cause you, you can come, you can come with questions saying, I refuse to be moved from my position, my assumptions. This is what I believe. And this is the truth. Yeah. Or you can say, come what may, I'm, I'm not letting go of this thing. And I think that that's always just been the thing for me. There's just something too good about the person of Jesus mm. Christ of Nazareth. So good. And I refuse to let go of that. And so to encourage you, wherever you are, if, if you're someone who uh, you feel a little bit scared of that slippery slope, I would like to, I think we would like to lovingly encourage you and, and invite you to create some space yeah. to, um, say maybe there are some things that I don't know. And if there's someone that you know that is, having hard questions, uh, to have grace for those people, to pray for them, to be a safe place for them, and to know that, uh, to let them know that they are loved, that they are cared for, and that they are welcomed, um, even if they don't come to the same conclusions that yeah. you do. Um, and then if you are someone who is questioning, 
who is struggling to believe, um, if you have doubts, uh, I just want to say to you that you're okay and that you're going to yeah, be okay. There's not something wrong. Continue to ask good questions with humility, recognizing that you don't have the answers and you might not receive the answer that you want yeah. or that and you're give, looking for. Give yourself grace and give yeah. others grace. Um, yeah, even those who might respond poorly to yeah. you. Don't let that dictate your your posture or where you're headed. Yeah. Don't give them. <laughs> don't give them that. <laughs> yeah. But instead of refusing to be moved, refuse to let go. Keep holding on. Trust in the goodness of Jesus. Uh, and know that you're not alone. There are people with you who've gone before you. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. All right. That feels pretty good. I think that's it. What we wanted to do was talk about maybe a heavy and a light, like something at the end of the episode, do something where we talk about, here's something good going on, something that is like filling us up, something maybe that's like harder that we're processing through. Yeah. You want to go? I didn't prepare anything. Did you prepare anything? I mean, I think I kind of have something. I feel like the heavy for sure. Yeah, I think right we have now. the heavy. <laughs> I think we know the heavy. I think our heavy is um, <laughs> uh, heavy right now is just doing the things that we love to do and trusting the Lord to be a provider has been a beautiful uh, challenge in this season. And we're just so excited for the stories on the other side of this. Yeah, definitely the stories on the other side of yeah, this sound really in good. The, in the moment, we're kind of freaking out. No. It's certainly it. revealing a lot of things in our hearts, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And then uh, the light. I don't know. You guys all playing football out back today with your shirts off. Might be like, <laughs> in the rain. In the rain. In the rain. I'm like uh, rocking Rooney, who's our... Uh, three month old in the living room and I'm looking out our back windows <laughs> and uh, Cole and the four older boys are out back shirtless throwing the football and it's it was the greatest it's like, thing for anybody who knows me <laughs> the idea of me throwing a football in general is hilarious and my I add I I'm I've got a good throw you do have a good I throw. do have it I just had to put that in there because I think the world needs to One know. tragic story with a catch, though. Oh, it broke my pinky, guys. Back in the day. Yeah, I won't name names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think a light for me lately has been Pete Holmes. We're going to see Pete Holmes tomorrow night here in Dallas. Uh, he's a comedian. Uh, he has a podcast called You Made It Weird. Talk about deconstruction. Talk about deconstruction. He's somebody who, like, you know, grew up in a Christian home, went to a Christian college, got married young. His wife cheated on him, and they got divorced. And then he kind of went all the way around the mountain. And uh, he is someone who I think he labels himself as Christ forward. <laughs> so give something not, another title you know like there's language on his podcast like he, he's he's but he's very funny but also very deep and like all of his podcasts like with comedians and actors and musicians like everything comes back to like the christian story in so many ways and that's yeah. just been a really fun thing for me lately is yeah. uh listening to him talk i think he's hilarious um yeah yeah I think that's the the heavy and the light. Heavy and the light feels good. 
Yeah. The the middle of the Venn diagram. Got the heavy. You got the light. There in the middle, we find reality. I think. I think. I think the middle of the Venn diagram for me right now is your cups of coffee in the morning. Oh, praise <laughs> be to God. Where we gave up. Um, we gave up dessert for Lent and alcohol for this Lenten season and TV. And the closest thing I get to like a dessert is my coffee, and I'm really looking forward to Just it. Hanging every on morning. to it. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Can't yeah, wait. I gotta get to bed so I can wake up and drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> All right, that's uh, it. That's episode two. Thank you so much guys for, for listening. listening. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Good Company Podcast. If you're interested in supporting the work that we're doing, we'd love for you to join us on Patreon. Patreon supporters get early access to podcast episodes, unreleased music, behind-the-scenes content, and more. You can find us at patreon.com slash musicgoodcompany. Thanks for listening.